It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Nick Miles is our auto expert, so drop it into gear. It's a green flag. Here's Nick. All right, welcome to this week's Our Auto Expert. Uh, how have you been? Sorry, speak up, I can't hear you. Uh, if you're in your garage working on your car, uh, then that's exactly how you're supposed to be spending your Sunday. I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, we have this event that we're doing, uh, the American Classic, the American Classic Cars. What are the all-time... So there are world classic cars and there are American classic cars. So world classic cars would involve in, include the Mini, the Beetle, which is going away. What else? Model T, I guess that's American. The Morgan. Yeah, I mean, that's a classic world classic car. But there's probably only two. Well, maybe the Carmen Gear, but that's kind of like a pre, the post Beetle esque. So classic cars that are. Like the Challenger? Well, but that's American. Yeah. Rolls Royce. So, world, world, yes, Rolls Royce, definitely. World cars. Um, world cars. But the American classic cars are probably, if you don't count truck, it's probably the Challenger, the Charger, the Mustang, the Corvette, Wrangler. Wait a second, you're missing one. Five. Yeah, that's right. Camaro. Not the Charger. Yeah. So the Charger change. So the Challenger, Camaro, uh, Mustang, Corvette, and Wrangler. Okay, now you're talking muscle cars. Classic no. muscle cars. Wrangler's in there, though. Wrangler's in uh, there. Iconic, iconic American. Could be a muscle car if you're an outdoor muscle car. Iconic guy. American Jeep. For sure. Right. So that that's the iconic American Jeep. What what else is an iconic American car? You don't count trucks because that would count the three big trucks. Is there any other anything we missed? There's Buick. those five. Which Grand Buick? National. That's a stretch. Is that a stretch? Yeah. What did I, you I'm say? pretty sure a lot of people are angry you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> the Grand National Buick? What are you seven hundred and twenty years old? I don't know how old that car is. General Motors. Uh I think those are the classic or maybe the Thunderbird you could count in there, but it's yeah, not made yeah. anymore. No, there's you lots know, of classic. El Torino. Cars. Yeah, GTO. Pinto. Yeah, that's classic we're trying to forget, Ryan. Oh, okay. There's classics we want to remember. And I guess what new modern classics, you might even count the Grand Cherokee in there. What was the big Jeep called? Grand Wagoneer. That's a classic. Yep. Wood paneling, PT Cruiser. Classic, don't want it to be, but it is. What other classic American cars are there? I'm stuck on Buick, the Buick station wagon oh. now. I think Buick's, Buick's just very American. The, and when yeah. I first came to the to the United States, my very first car I get got was like a 1970, late 70s, early 80s, like giant big station wagon, a Malibu, I think it was. It was crazy big. And I remember turning the steering wheel and the belts would squeak. <laughs> As he turned the steering wheel. Classic American. Yeah, it was. But you know something? That was, uh, we had a Subaru wagon at the same time. I loved my big American station wagon much more. I could get everything I wanted in the back and all my friends. It must be an English thing. You had a bunch say, of station wagons. You had, didn't have station wagons no, when you were growing up. Yeah, I didn't like them though. But we had the big piano van that we converted. That was really popular. In was the it 80s. a Plymouth? No. Oh, okay. Chevrolet. Did it smell funny? No. Now, panel vans always smell funny on the inside. No, he converted. Like crayons and Chinese food. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, no, I don't know why Chinese food, but they always smell a little musty to me. That was popular in the early 80s where they converted panel vans. I think it's always popular. And they did. Then you have the airbrushed sunset on the side with palm trees. With the wolf in the distance. (laughs) Yeah. Should we do cars through the ages? Why? What do you got? Nothing. Things that you drove which were nightmares? No. I had great cars. Interestingly enough, those cars from the 1980s were the most frightening for me. The K car. My parents had a K car. Kakrai's a K car, a white one. It was awful. 
was probably the worst. Skylark, a Buick Skylark. Oh god! My parents have always had trucks, off-road cars. We just yeah, always go off-roading. It, it was frightening. My mom still loves Buicks, and I do actually now. I'm especially that Tourex, the wagon. There I go with the wagons again. <laughs> um, who doesn't love a Mercedes-Benz E-Class AMG wagon? Everybody loves it in brown with a manual transmission. Doesn't exist, I don't think, with a manual transmission. But that's that's what every journalist wants. In diesel would be even better, but they don't no, make AMGs in diesel. That's literally journalist. the journalist car. Yeah, yeah. every yeah. journalist wants one of those. But they can't. They order them occasionally. Better that or a Miata. They order. They oh. order them occasionally, and no one will ever buy them. All right, we've got the hookups for you on our auto expert. Now we know how much you enjoy the show, so I want to make sure that you have access to our auto expert twenty four seven. And there's several ways you can do that, but the best is at the website, which is ourautoexpert.com. Plus, we are on social media. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter. And on Facebook, just type in Our Auto Expert or follow the hashtags. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines and they're off. Back to Our Auto Expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. Welcome back to our Auto Expert. One of the things that um, I got to cover for the Fox Sports show was the launch of the new uh, Cadillac XT4. And uh, Todd, Todd Pollock is joining us from Cadillac. He's the chief engineer from the vehicle. Uh, Todd, this vehicle has been a long time coming for Cadillac. We've been excited about it. Uh, was, was it big for everybody at Cadillac in New York? It absolutely is. It's, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to go after a new younger customer and, and enter a segment that we currently don't participate in. Now, Cadillac have had vehicles similar size to this, um, but maybe a little larger, and that have been super successful in the past. Uh, this is where people are asking for this size of vehicle uh, right in this segment. Uh, and I guess, what do we class it as, a, a compact SUV? We look at it as a, uh, as a large, small luxury SUV. So we, we intend to participate in the, uh, the larger side of the small luxury segment. You know, the folks in that segment have two-liter turbo standard. They have slightly uh, tighter packaging constraints. And so we looked at those that are, are competing and thought we could offer a, a significant improvement and an advantage with our package. And as Cadillac often do, uh, outside of the vehicle is very bold. I think that's a risk. It's got lots of angled and different shapes on it that I haven't seen in a car before. You know, you're absolutely right. We think it's an advantage. You know, the uh, if you look at the, the Europeans competing in this segment, um, I won't call them bland. I'll call them uh, predictable. And um, uh, we wanted to go after a, a different approach. We wanted to go after a younger buyer. We wanted to give them an opportunity. You know, what we learned in talking to the owners of the, the Q1 or, or the Q3 and the X1 is that, um, you know, they kind of settled, meaning there weren't other alternatives available to them. Their parents had driven you know, European vehicles, and um, they were willing to consider an American vehicle, but there wasn't one in the segment. So we think we've got the right vehicle, the right size, the right uh, amount of sportiness with some Escala cues from our Escala show car, and uh, we, we think we're ready to go. Uh, what What's this vehicle have above the class in the competition? Um, you know, our advantage is, is that it's all new. It's It's as a chief engineer, I don't get an opportunity to do that very often. Um, it's not a converted sedan. It's not an upsized wagon. And by doing that, it allows us to get truly great proportions. 
uh, enabling great design, which was design is actually the number one reason for purchase in this segment, believe it or not. And then it allows us to get some really great people packaging in the second row. That's another shortcoming of, of our competitive competitors, just a, a bit too small in the rear. They were designed in, in Europe and brought to North America. And, um, you know, this market really wants a little bit more space in the rear. And, and I then think, third, what it does... I think Americans are actually uh, bigger than our European cousins, so we like a little more space. And we have more stuff as well, <laughs> exactly. right? We have more stuff. Exactly. So uh, sorry, the third thing was? The third thing is by doing an all-new architecture and, and going a little bit larger, it allowed us to, to give it a really wide stance and a great wheelbase for, you know, great driving dynamics, which we think is a shortcoming in that segment as well. So, you know, we think those are our advantages versus the current competitors. On the inside, what will I notice? Because that's one of the, the things I didn't get to spend much time on it on the floor in the New York Auto Show is uh, the inside because there were so many people sitting in it playing with it. I, I couldn't wait my turn before I had to go off and do something else. So what am I going to find when I open the doors? You no, know, the first thing I, I think you'll notice is true luxury substance. It's an entry-level small SUV, but there's still you know luxury amenities. Uh, I'm absolutely positive the first thing you'll notice is buttons. The Cadillac user experience now has a full array of mechanical controls to interface with it, um, HVAC controls, auxiliary controls as well as a, um, a multifunctional controller similar to our competitors uh, to, to uh, interact with the infotainment system. And then uh, let's talk about how it's powered because, uh, you know, you talked about at the top of the segment, a lot of the competitors are underpowered in this segment. So how, how does this win? So we're offering a brand-new 2-liter turbo engine, first, first use uh, within the, the GM Corporation and within Cadillac. And what's different about our approach with this 2-liter turbo is it's all about torque. It's all about a really flat, usable torque curve. Uh, we've got full max torque of, of uh, 258 foot-pounds oh. between 1,450 RPM all the way up to 4,000 RPM. And you make that with a 9-speed transmission, and it keeps uh, the driver on that torque curve, you know, throughout the driving experience. Um, that, you know, that is music to my ears, that we get uh, something that has so much great torque in that segment. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about some of the other features uh, of this brand new uh, X-T4 and also talk about uh, what your favorite features are uh, when the car comes or, you know, when we get to look at the car. Uh, what did you find was the most exhilarating? That's all when our auto expert returns. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our auto expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Welcome back. On the phone, uh, we're talking about the new Cadillac XT4. Todd Pollock is with us. Uh, Todd, one of the things about this vehicle that you managed to do is keep the Cadillac look and feel while designing something which has never existed before. Yep, absolutely. From from beginning or from the front to, to the rear, really focus on keeping Cadillac theme, making it more modern and bringing it to a, a more youthful position as well. Some of the safety features in the vehicle, uh, one of the things that Cadillac introduced into the marketplace before everybody else was the vibrating seat. Still probably one of my favorite features of General Motors vehicles, now drifted into the other lines of General Motors vehicles. But if you did things like stray um, over the line or uh, you get into a dicey situation, the seat will vibrate. A cool safety feature. What's, what are the, some of the safety packages that we're going to see on the new X-T4? 
So we have a, a wide array of safety content available from uh, low-speed forward auto braking, high-speed forward auto braking. We offer the first-in-segment rear autom- uh, automatic braking. So if you're parking into a parking spot and a pedestrian runs into that parking spot, you know, across it to another vehicle, the vehicle will brake, and, and that's the first. One of the features I'm most proud of is our, our uh, rear dynamic mirror. Uh, with folks in the second row, it can block your your view, uh, you know, through the rearview mirror. So we've got a camera mounted in the spoiler that allows you to look, you know, past those folks and, and get a perfectly clear view of, of uh, the road behind you. And, and that's always a great feature, although it's, I will tell you, that if someone walks behind the car, it's a little bit uh, disconcerting because you basically get this groin that goes past through your whole mirror and you think there's a giant behind you in the car because it gives you such yep. a great field of view, uh, you know, as, right. as usual. Uh, what's your favorite feature on the new X-T4? You know, I... I uh, I'm proud of the fact that we've offered so much content. Um, so the young uh, person we're going after uh, is getting into the luxury segment for the first time. And so we've got a vehicle that's very well equipped uh, at a starting price of 35790 that gets them into a very nice vehicle. Then we have all kinds of, of content uh, available that, that can load the vehicle up and, and make it you know competitive with, with vehicles much larger. And so I'm really most proud of all the different safety infotainment, uh, and um, comfort and convenience content. Uh, When you were developing it, did you have a very strong opinions of uh, things that you wanted people to like about the vehicle and things you wanted them not to notice? Because I I noticed a lot of chief engineers, they put things in the vehicles, but they don't want us to necessarily see them and, and, and notice them. It's not about having them front and center. A lot of the times it's having them well integrated into the car. Absolutely. You know, we, uh, Again, looked very closely at our competitors and tried to make sure we offered things that they don't. So things like a really big usable center console, things like door uh, mat pockets that don't have several partitions so the customers can put whatever they want into them. We've got a storage bin on the side of the center console that holds an iPad with a cover. Um, so just lots of little great storage features um, and lots of attention to detail. All right. So when are we going to start to see the uh, the brand new uh, XT4 hitting, hitting dealerships? And uh, do we have a price on it yet? So they'll be in the dealerships this fall. Uh, the price we've announced, the starting price is $35,790. And uh, we've got all the content details pictures images in fact the 360 video available at cadillac.com that's an interesting price and i'll tell you why when i when i talk uh, to a lot of other people about prices of cars let's just uh, talk about the bmw x2 and perhaps the uh, jaguar e-pace which are smaller than this vehicle at least one size smaller they started around 38,400 so you're talking about something that's about $4,000 less is larger and is well contented Todd thanks for joining us today uh, looking forward to the first test drive of the XT4 we know you're a busy guy and you have a lot of other uh, interviews to get to but uh, maybe we'll get a chance to meet you on the launch of the Como News 1000 FM 97.7. Our auto expert with Nick Miles will be right back. Our auto expert continues on Como News. Here's Nick Miles. Welcome back to Our Auto Expert. I um, was excited and even more uh, excited after I'd done it about going to Kona in Hawaii and driving the new uh, Hyundai Kona. It was a great trip, a great excitement, and uh, not just the fact that I was in Hawaii and somebody else had paid the bill for me to go and test drive the car, but the fact that I actually really like the car as well. Uh, Trevor Lai is joining us on the phone. He is in charge of product for Hyundai. Uh, Trevor, this is the smallest Hyundai SUV that you make. Is that correct? That's right. It's our newest SUV or crossover, if you will. Smaller than Tucson. Small in size, but big in character. 
Yes. And one of the things I thought was very interesting is during the presentation on the island, you guys showed us a lot of facts and figures and you put uh, tables together that showed us different cars and their overall size on the exterior and their overall size on the interior. And uh, basically, Kona kicked everybody's backside. Uh, you have a car that's actually smaller on the outside, but as big, if not bigger, than some of its competition on the inside. Absolutely. That's what's one of the things that we call packaging efficiency, right? So it's almost basically like a ratio of how big the interior is versus the exterior uh, dimensions of a vehicle. So for Kona, it was very important for us to have a compact size on the outside, which is great, as you might imagine, for urban centers and whatnot, but big on the inside, which is really what you need for day-to-day type of use. It's actually quite usable, too. I mean, we got we got plenty of room in the back. I sat in the back. I mean, I'm not one to talk, Trevor, because I'm only five foot four, so I'm not an actually huge guy. So I, sit, I fit in the back of most cars. However, uh, for the taller guys, we actually stuck some very tall guys in the car, and they had no problem seating on the inside as well. Did you, uh, you know, measure when, when the, the engineers were building this car, did they actually measure a lot of different people on the inside? Because it seems to fit a variety of heights and sizes. Absolutely. The Kona was designed from the outset to be a global vehicle. So from that, we worked closely with their uh, engineering teams, uh, not only in Korea, but also in uh, Europe as well. We have an um, engineering facility in, uh, in Germany, and we made sure that everyone was going to be able to fit. So very important and we're glad that uh in, in your experience there with some of your colleagues yes everyone fits. Yep. So, some of my colleagues are over six foot uh five six foot six and they didn't have any trouble fitting on the inside i always thought it's quite funny is the one thing that uh that the uh, foreign car makers often do uh, when they build american cars is they change the, the width of the seat for america because America, <laughs> Americans are, uh, let's say, broader than many of our uh, European cousins and our Asian cousins, uh, which is the one thing that changes us. Uh, you know, there was no problem in the performance of this vehicle. I have to tell you, I, I loved the, 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 ter- the fact that this vehicle is so sprightly. Um, it's, it's kind of a powerful little rocket once you get on the inside to drive it. Um, I, I may have gone over the speed limit once or twice in Hawaii, and it handles those corners <laughs> at speed very well. Absolutely. You know, the, the vehicle that you drove there, uh, that one does feature our 1.6-liter turbocharged engine, 175 force, and the greatest thing, of course, since it is turbocharged, right? 195 pound-feet of torque starting at 1,500 RPM and running all the way up to about 4,500 RPM or so. And what that means is, you know, basically day-to-day driving or even moderately spirited driving, you can have all the torque right off the bat. If you drive even harder, you have the 175 horse up top that'll carry you through the day. So all right, let's a lot talk, of uh, good story there. Let's talk about some of the technology because uh, I love a couple of uh, pieces of the technology. So you, you have a wireless phone charger. That in itself is nothing new. So uh, several car companies have wireless phone chargers. But I like the fact that the feature of this wireless phone charger is that if it's not charging your phone correctly, so if you happen to have left some change in the tray, or you've left mm-hmm. your keys in there, it'll let you know. Absolutely. It'll, it'll let you know if your phone's not charging, because what if you're wanting to charge your phone as you go to your next destination, and you're depending on that 30-minute, 45-minute commute to charge your phone, you don't want to get there to find out, oh, wow, it didn't actually charge, right? Uh, that's one the of the, thing, one, yeah, one of the things with that that I like is that often when I plug my phone in, I don't push the plug in all the way, and I'll go for like a night and get up in the morning, and it's not charged properly. Uh, that, right. That's one of the things. So this actually will let you know. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the, this vehicle, and I want to talk about the fact that at the New York International Auto Show, there's a new variant of the Kona that was introduced. We'll talk about that 
Don't forget to follow the hashtags on Instagram. All you have to do is follow our auto expert right there on Instagram. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News. It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. Welcome back to our auto expert. I'm Nick Miles. Uh, Trevor Lai on the phone with us. He's from Hyundai and he's the product manager there. Uh, we're talking about the brand new Hyundai Kona, which I got to test drive in Hawaii, in Kona, where the name of this vehicle, Trevor, happened to uh, come before the car. Is that correct? So, it did. So why, why Kona the name? And then how did you have to build the car around the name? You know, the Kona name is, is pretty interesting. Once, once you have a global vehicle... You kind of have to shop the name between Korea, Western Europe, um, and the, in North America to see, you know, who, let's, let's all brainstorm. Let's see what we can do, right? So what do you do when you brainstorm, right? So we're here in the, uh, in the Fountain Valley office in Southern California, sixth floor, top floor, overlooking a lot of the Southern California area. We're looking out the window, and we're just dreaming, right? What's, what's out there? What's beyond the sea? Oh, I'm thinking of vacation. What's a great vacation spot? Bam, Kona, right? So that was one of the things the team had thought about. Kona's an awesome place, and as, as you saw, of course, I think quite fitting for the vehicle as well. The color palette, well, you knew we were going to get here to the color palette. <laughs> you knew we were going to talk about this. Uh, you, you have, you have this, this bright yellowy green color that I think you call Lime Twist. I I I have renamed it as uh, Kona Wanna Lick Your Lime because I think that's a better <laughs> a better name for it. But uh, you you guys were not um, sheepish in your color choices, were you? Not at all. We wanted to go as aggressive as possible. It's one of those things where, hey, we realize it's going to be a, a young focused vehicle. Not only the ones who are young, but also for you those who are young at heart. And we communicate that very well through not only the design of the vehicle, but a component of that is the vehicle color. So that. Yellowy, limeish, green color. My wife calls it chartreuse. I just call it yellowish, greenish. I'm not so descriptive. Um, very eye-catching, eye-popping, and it carries over into the interior as well. Um, of course, we have some of the same uh, color elements in the inside of the vehicle, uh, around the vents, for example, along the seat stitching, the piping there. So, um, very cohesive messaging from outside to inside. Um, it also kind of looks nice on the inside. You have the screen that sits up floating above the uh, HVAC con controls and uh, an awful lot of uh, connectivity with the vehicle as well. You're able to uh, do a lot uh, that you might not have in a vehicle of this type or this size and starting just under $20,000. That's right. You know, the base price that we have on Cone is 19500 and features a lot of standard equipment already. You know, before... We were in an era where if you wanted Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, you had to get something that was kind of upmarket, uptrim. Kona, we decided, hey, you know what? Again, we have a younger focus. Technology is very important. We're always married to our smartphones, right? So we made Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, 100% standard. Don't have to decide on what vehicle trim, package, nothing. All of them have it. Very easy. You know, one of the things that I think is kind of interesting, too, that you did was you only... So there's four trim levels in this vehicle. Um the engine choice is that the 2-liter is available in the lower two and the uh, 1.6 with the turbo available in the upper trim levels. But you only made one package uh, for these vehicles and then the possibility of all-wheel drive. The simplicity of buying the Kona, I've, I don't think I've come across that in any other vehicle. We try to make it as simple as possible. We also realize our dealers try to stock as many different colors and both interior and exterior 
and also different trims and packages. Chevrolet, thank you for talking to us on our Auto Expert today. I really did enjoy the car and would definitely consider it in my driveway. A whole bunch of fun and definitely a good car for a millennial, a city dweller, somebody in Seattle and uh, someone that has sort of an active li- urban lifestyle and can get out on the weekends. We'll look forward to When will they be in dealers? They're in dealerships now. All right. Get one. No excuses, everybody. <laughs> uh, our Auto Expert coming right back. Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Well, uh, I think that's uh, an awesome show that we've had so far. I don't know about you, but we learned about the new uh, Hyundai and also uh, learning a little bit about where I've been over the last week or so, which uh, surprises me about how much travel I've ended up doing. Uh, we also learned about the new Cadillac XT4, so an awful lot going on there. Still come in the show. Stand by. We have more. We're going to talk about uh, Alfa Romeo and what they're doing with their lineup of cars. Plus, we get to find out about the most astonishing SUV, which was introduced at the New York International Auto Show the uh, Maserati Levante Trofeo, which is a super amazing piece of machinery. That's all coming up in the show. Don't forget you can follow us 24-7 on social media at Test Miles or Our Auto Expert. Uh, hashtags. You can follow hashtags now on Instagram. You can also uh, join our website, OurAutoExpert.com. I am Nick Miles. There is more to come in the show. Stand by. Hold your breath. It's going to get really fast here on out. Of course, we're available on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All you need to do is follow Our Auto Expert. Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our Auto Expert will be right back. It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Our Auto Expert. I want to talk to you about Italian. Yes, who doesn't love a little Italy? And there's two very prominent car companies. Two, three, four. There's like five very prominent car companies out of Italy. My uh, favorite happens to be Maserati. And everyone usually says Ferrari. But let's be honest, I love cars I can afford. I like the Ferraris. Don't get me wrong. The GT4 is probably my favorite car of all time, which is uh, their 4x4 station wagon that Ferrari make. Uh, It used to be called the FF, if you're familiar with that. Uh, go look it up online. You can go to ourautoexpert.com and, and see it. It is one of the most amazing cars ever. I went on the, on the launch of that Ferrari FF that's now called the GT4, and I drove it down a ski hill in Breneco, which is about 12 miles from the Austrian border. The, and I did. I drove it down a ski hill. They helicoptered the car onto the top of a ski hill, and I drove it down. I love those cars, but I love Maserati even more because I can actually afford one. Well, I don't. I can't actually afford one, but the likelihood of me affording a Maserati is a lot higher than it is me uh, buying a Ferrari. And let's face it, many kids have Lamborghinis and Ferraris on their wall of their bedroom. Uh, boys and girls always want to own them when they become adults and very few of us get the chance so my chance of owning a Maserati who share an awful lot with Ferrari by the way is a lot higher Uh, Maserati and Ferrari share engines so what tends to happen is that the V12s and the Ferrari get four cylinders lopped off and they get put into Maseratis Uh, and then the next part of that company uh, taking a step to more affordability is Alfa Romeo and that's really what the next hour of the show is dedicated uh, to it's the Italian brands Maserati and uh, Ferrari Maserati and Alfa Romeo. I wish it was Ferrari. 
Alfa Romeo. So uh, we're going to start off talking to uh, Ben Lyon about the Stelvio. This is the brand new vehicle that they have put together over at uh, Alfa Romeo. This is an interesting vehicle because SUVs are where American sales are. Those companies that have concentrated on sedans are having a really hard time right now. Sedans used to be the backbone of the car industry. They no longer are. What's happening with sedans is Americans want more utility. They want more usability out of their vehicle. They want to throw more gear in the back, and that means everyone's going to SUVs. With gas prices so low, it makes an awful lot of sense. In fact, J.D. Power & Associates saying that 60% of sales of vehicle in this month will be light trucks and SUVs. And when we say light trucks, that's everything from pickup trucks all the way down to the smallest SUV like the uh, Ford EcoSport. That's where the meat and potatoes of car sales are now. Vehicle sales right there out of the about 17 and a half, 18 million that we sell in the United States. The strong sales are in light trucks, which is including all of those vehicles. So Maserati have moved into SUVs. So have Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo's first SUV was the Stelvia. It came out with uh, topped uh, around 300 and something horsepower. This vehicle was a great drive. I drove it in Nashville with Ryan. We had a great time. We drove it around Nashville. We reviewed it. You can see the video at ourautoexpert.com. Fun, exciting, affordable. When I say affordable, you know, it's, it's a premium vehicle. So it's affordable with a caveat. Uh, we're talking it starts in the $40,000 range. Um, and if you really want a great one, it, it costs more than that. It starts in the high 30s, 40s. Depends on, you know, whether you're buying new or used. Here's the deal with this. They came out with a 505 horsepower version called the Quattro Verde. Unbelievable. We're going to talk to Ben Lyon about that. We're also going to talk to Matt Macalia. Matt Macalia is from Maserati. Maserati is the premium Italian brand that well-known for their racing heritage, uh, well-known for their luxury, but more affordable luxury. So we have a premium car company with Alfa Romeo. We have a luxury car company with Maserati. Maserati have a lot of Ferrari uh, stuff in their vehicles, the engines, a lot of their chassis. Everything's sort of helped, you know, Ferrari helps develop those. So we're going to talk to Matt about the brand new Trofeo, which is an unbelievable piece of machinery. This Trofeo is kind of the top-notch. Trofeo means trophy in Italian, by the way. It's the top-notch version of their new Maserati Levante, which is their first SUV. Of course, you can follow us 24-7 at ourautoexpert.com and see all the TV stuff, plus my Fox Sports show. And if you really should be uh, getting deep into the website, you can read articles about on, on all the latest new cars and you can see all of the videos of the latest new cars that all is on the website but stand by we're going all italian it's time for an italian fest in this next hour of our auto expert stay tuned there's more to come with nick miles on como news it's our auto expert on como news here's more with nick miles all right, welcome back to the show. Uh, Alfa Romeo, the Julia, winning prizes last year and awards uh, from a lot of people. In fact, it uh, it was a car of the year for a motor trend, I believe, and it also is an exciting drive. This, by the way, is a car that I was able to make Ryan sick in uh, when we drove when we drove it in California. Uh, I showed him what it's like to be the passenger of Nick Miles and uh, without you. a helmet. Th- what? Thank you. Did I make you sick at any no, point? No, Ryan made me sick. Oh well, BMW. yes. So it's payback. Uh, It's absolute payback for for Ryan for being a a Ryan driver. 
Oh, he's looking at us through the glass. He can he can see us, but he can't hear us. Um, oh, he can hear us, but he can't uh, he can't talk back. Let's talk about other. Th- no, let's not talk about other Ryan things. Ben Lyons joining us on the phone from Alfa Romeo to talk about the Julia. So we're about a year and a half into this car, Ben. How's the Julia doing? Well, Nick, the Julia's doing very well. Uh, you know, we actually launched with our first volume sales in January of last year. And I'm proud to report that Alfa Romeo had its greatest sales year ever in the, you know, in the history of the brand. And I'll remind you, we were founded in 1910. So we did very well. Uh, 2017 was our best sales year ever. This vehicle uh, is part of the when, when it's a three-vehicle lineup in the United States. So you have the Stelvio, the SUV, you have the Julia, and then you also have the 4C. Is that right? That's right. And, you know, the design elements read through on each. We're all performance vehicles and you have, we have very similar styling that makes it unmistakably Italian and, of course, unmistakably Alfa Romeo. Now, you call it the shield at the front, right? It, is it the shield? It's a shield or the Alfa Romeo shield? That's, uh, that's how it's sort of depicted, the front grille and the lights? So we call it the Scudetto, the Scudetto, the V grille in the front, which is part of uh, one element of the Trilobo, which is the two lower air grills. So the combination of the three is called the Trilobo, but yes, we call it the, the V Scudetto grille. And and that's on that's sort of the signature that makes this car look very different. Um, I have been driving the Julia, and people have sort of... Uh, I've stopped at lights and they purposely walked in front of the car to look at it and then walked back to wherever they came from because it does have a very significant look, doesn't it? It, it, it does. And it's one of those uh, head-turning elements of our design that we've had present on our vehicles for over 75 years. Um, it makes it stand up from our competition and makes you know that you're looking at a, an Alfa Romeo, something that's uh, a little bit different in the marketplace and something we're very proud of. Now, there's a there's a four-leaf clover on the side of the vehicle. It has quite a, a I guess, heartbreaking story attached to it. Uh, explain the story around the four-leaf clover. What does it mean and why it's still on the cars? Sure. So um, back uh, when you know, we've been uh, we're founded in 1910. We started racing a year later. And um, part of our racing heritage um, is a story where Ugo Savocci was uh, a, a race car driver on behalf of Alfa Romeo. And he was had fell on hard times. He wasn't winning races. So he painted a four-leaf clover uh, within a square on the side of his race car to give him good luck. And immediately after that, he found it. And he started winning races. Um, tragically, he, was, uh, he died and perished in a crash. Uh, on a vehicle, by the way, on which he did not have the quadrifolio painted. And so for that, and to commemorate him, we took one of the corners off of that square and made it the triangle with the four-leaf clover that you see today adorned on the side of our vehicle. So if I have a four-leaf clover on my Alfa Romeo, I'm protected? I wouldn't say you're protected, but <laughs> I would say that you are definitely riding in something that packs a lot more horsepower than the competition. It's a unique safety feature. There you go. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's probably a heavenly safety feature. The, uh, the let's talk a little bit about numbers out of the Julia. So if you have the top of the line, uh, what are we talking about performance numbers of of the vehicle? Sure. Well, of course, with our 505 horsepower, two point line, two point nine liter V6 engine, uh, you're you're making 3.8 seconds in zero to 60 with a top speed of 191 miles per hour, 443 pound-feet of torque, and as I've mentioned before on other vehicles that it's uh, it's on, we've we've talked about the Quadrifoglio version on the Stelvio, but 505 horsepower. Um, you know, best in you know a lot of best-in-class attributes on uh, on the vehicle, of course. And uh, performance-wise, uh, this vehicle has also uh, it, it, it outdoes most of its competition, right? And when you're talking about vehicles that uh, that it goes up against, this is an outstanding piece of machinery. 
Ben, hang around. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Alfa Romeo's attributes uh, for the uh, Julia and also talk about how to get them, where you get them, and uh, the fact that the guy who used to be in charge of Dodge, uh, our friend Tim Kuniskas, is now in charge of Alfa Romeo. Will that change anything? We're going to find out that from Ben Lyons, who's here from Alfa Romeo, when the show continues. Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Welcome back to the show. Still on the phone with us, Ben Lyon from the famous Alfa Romeo. We've heard stories about how cool the Julia is. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about... um, where the Julia is in marketing-wise, Ben, because one of the things that I think is super interesting with a, a lot of these cars is the fact that sedans are not popular as much as they used to be in the United States. And what's happening now is that, that performance sedans are actually starting to sort of get a, I would say, a second life. Is is the Julia doing well in sales? Is it doing well against its competition? It sure is. So, I mean, we had our best sales year for the brand last year. But, um, you know, you mentioned that uh, the thing about sedans, right? So more and more people are buying utility vehicles. But we found ourselves in a unique position within a marketplace with Julia because it is so unique amongst its competitors. It looks different. It performs differently. And it really delivers those best-in-class attributes that our customers have asked for. So for that, we still stand out and are unique within the sector. Let's talk a little bit about that screen and the technology on the inside because I noticed the technology is kind of or the screen that you have is is very different nobody has a screen the same shape as you guys do yep so it's a completely integrated screen within the dash and the entire environment within the interior reflects that along with a very driver-centric view it is meant for uh, to be a driver's car and it is that uh, the controls are easy to use you don't have to take your eyes off the road it is meant to be driven and for that reason everything else is designed around that element of the vehicle one of the things i notice with a lot of car companies is they like to put in these driving uh, modes into the vehicle so you can switch through them and uh Everyone has, like, drive, they have uh, eco, they have comfort, they have uh, snow, sports, sports plus. But you guys decided to go with a different way of naming your driving uh, modes that you can turn the Julia onto, don't you? Sure. It's called DNA. And so we have D for dynamic, N for natural, A for advanced efficiency. But it's also a play on, you know, really what ties this entire vehicle together is the... uh, I guess the, the, the biomechanics that are the, the Julia or any Alfa Romeo that you drive, you really feel like you are a part of the vehicle. So when you're in D mode, it's dynamic. It is your most spirited driving mode. It allows for a little more yaw on the side, a little more lateral acceleration. And this natural, your middle-of-the-road driving, everyday driving, and A for advanced efficiency if you want to have that, as you put it, the eco mode for uh, saving on fuel economy. But when you put it in D, you really feel the vehicle come to life. Uh, but on the quadrifolio version of the Julia, when you put it into race mode, that's where the exhaust opens up full and you really hear this thing start to bark. Oh, yes. And again, as I said at the beginning of the show, this is the only uh, the only car that I actually made Ryan sick in. Oh, no, it's the second car. <laughs> uh, the other one was the, uh, what was it? The... It was a GTC Viper, and it was out of Bondurant. So it was yeah. a hot lap with someone, and then Nick's driving on top of it, which will make anybody sick. So I made dry Ryan sick twice. 
I don't know. You're the only one that's ever thrown up in a car, Ryan. That uh, we had to pull over three times for Ryan to put a throw up out of the car. Should watch the video <laughs> though. Selling point for FCA vehicles. Exactly. For sure. This car will make you throw up after being a passenger in it. Well, um, you know, it's one of my favorite. It was my car of the year a couple of years ago. I will. Uh, I'll stick by that. Uh, and by the way, if you, like Ryan said, if you have any spare ones, just feel free. Uh, we'll do a year loan if you're if you're happy to do that. We should throw one your way. <laughs> I like this guy. Uh, ben Lyon from Alfa Romeo. Thanks, Ben, for joining us. Uh, when we return, more on cars and a few surprises, too. Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. Como News. Time to set it on cruise control. This is our auto expert. Here's Nick Miles. Welcome back to the show. Um, I have a little bit of a liking for things that go fast and uh, are very luxurious. So I've been excited the whole show about talking to Matt McAleer about Maserati brand because Matt's joining us on the phone. Uh, Matt, let's, let's just round up Maserati as, as a whole. So luxury Italian car maker, premium Italian car maker with a racing heritage, but also a little more luxurious than a lot of the Italian brands. It's about that, you know, that Italian Gran Turismo lifestyle and uh, the art of driving and the passion for driving uh, and not just behind the wheel, but also those distinct Maserati exhaust notes and the sound that uh, only come from a hand-built engine by Ferrari in Italy. Now, this is talk about hand-built because is hand-built more important? I, I, talk, I talk to some other automakers that uh, their premium cars are hand-built. Uh, what does hand-built give you? Uh, what, what extra do you get? Is it the love and attention? Is it the caring? Or is it just something that somebody uh, gets to put their hands on? You know, I think it's just the, uh, the understanding that there was a lot of uh, deep history that went into making every single Maserati. I mean, they're all made in Italy. Uh, it's over 100 years of Italian heritage. And it's the distinct uh, differences. It's the, the supple, natural leathers and the, the hand stitching throughout the cabin. It's the choice of the exotic trims and woods, 19-inch uh, wheels, 20-inch wheels, 21-inch wheels. It's just uh, those little details, uh, being able to choose your brake caliper color, color uh, to make your Maserati stand out and be different than uh, the other ones that are on the road. I love the fact that a lot of uh, premium cars, uh, luxury cars, sports cars, performance cars, they don't have that feeling that uh, somebody put a lot of time and effort into it. Uh, so when you go into a Maserati showroom, you get a display of all the possible materials, and then you can choose how your car looks, feels, and, and, and ultimately, when you open that kitchen window or you pull up the blinds in your front room every day and you have to look at it in the garage, you have to look at it on the driveway, you look at a car that you built and you designed, right? You know, change within the lineup and craft each one to uh, match your personality and your taste. So let's talk about Maserati history. Uh, there is a, there's a race element in the history as well. Uh, but a lot of the, when, when I talk about Maserati, I talk about a lot of the engineering, a lot of the uh, design uh, came sort of, thanks to Ferrari, especially especially the engines. Uh, they, there was some help from Ferrari there. So what you're getting is more of an attainable Ferrari, but it's really a different character than Ferrari, isn't it? It is. It's, uh, you know, it's that um, art of uh, Gran Turismo lifestyle and that luxuriousness of enjoying the act of driving. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, it was founded by four brothers over 100 years ago, and I think uh, a lot of that still stands today with that Trident badge in the, in the front grille, it's uh, unique and, and domineering when you see it in the rearview mirror coming down the road. 
But, yeah, it's just uh, the idea of being behind, you know, a Gran Turismo or a Gran Turismo convertible and, you know, true four-seat sports luxury car, uh, open-air top. There's just not any other car out there that kind of gives you what Maserati does. I know originally, and, and I reviewed uh, some Maseratis over the years, and they tend to get a lot of uh, YouTube hits on, on the reviews that I've done. But one of, the, one of the things I think is that it also has real room in the back seats as well. So one of the biggest problems with sports cars is, although uh, the FF or the GT4 was one of my favorite Ferraris, there was never really any good room in the back. But one of the things about Maserati is it's a true four-person vehicle. It's a two-plus-two uh, it was designed for that that comfortable ride rather than the speed. Uh, they are, and, and not only with the the Gran Turismo and the the Gran Cabrio, but also with the Quattro Porte. You know that longer wheelbase really makes for uh, uh, extended legroom in the rear, and even a Levante has uh, you know more legroom in the rear than than a Range Rover. When I look, Matt, at some of the Maseratis, the, especially the grill is very distinctive. So the style is very distinctive, but at the same time, there seems to be a mixture of driving dynamic and a mixture. I know when I drove the Ghibli um, around France, the idea of that was you can sit there on windy roads and be comfortable or you can put your foot down. I've enjoyed uh, spending some time with with uh, everybody at Maserati at the New York show because you had a pretty unbelievable reveal. But save that for a second. We're going to take a quick break. And then I want to talk about this new Trofeo because if there's one car that's a must-have in a collector's collection, it is this new Trofeo. When we come back, we'll find out about an SUV that definitely has a place in my heart. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines, and they're off. Back to our auto expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, in deep now with Maserati, Matt McAleer here, and we're talking about uh, the history of the car company. Uh, Matt, so at New York, a brand new vehicle, an SUV with stupid numbers. We'll get to the why I mean stupid numbers in a minute, but uh, when you talk 590 horsepower, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, the name of this car is the, the, the Maserati Levante, which you guys have obviously had an SUV for a couple of years now. But this Trofeo is, uh, the best explanation is a trim level, but it, it's it's more of a trim level. It's the trophy level of the car, isn't it? It is. It's the uh, absolute pinnacle of the, uh, the Maserati of SUVs, the Levante, and it is... Uh fantastic to put it in one word so let's talk a little bit about the car give it uh, give me some stats give me your information about the car and then let's talk about some of the stuff because uh, to me it's ridiculous that you would have 590 horsepower in an suv but g- give me the give me the elevator pitch on the on the levante uh trofeo well it's the first levante uh, built around a v8 engine and uh, not just any v8 engine but a 3.8 liter twin turbo v8 hand built uh, again by ferrari in marinello 590 horsepower 538 pound-feet of torque, over 187 miles per hour, 0 to 60 in 3.7 seconds. It is incredible. Um, why? Why not? <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I could go with that. Uh, I, so I, I think a lot of times about who would buy this, you know, uh, a business owner, uh, somebody that's worked very hard to have success in their life. But I can't ever see anybody putting the kid's soccer gear in the back and doing 187 miles an hour, unless they were really light to the soccer. Well, I know one thing they won't be doing. They won't be towing anything because of uh, <laughs> the carbon fiber on uh, the rear valance does not allow for it to tow. So this is uh, absolutely uh, a vehicle that is just as comfortable 
on the track as it is on the road. When you come up with a, an iconic SUV, I mean, it always used to be iconic sports cars, right? So Ma- Maserati was always, you know, the GT. And, mm-hmm. and, and, then, and then there was the, the Quattroporte, which was really because I needed to take people who needed their own door. So we had a four-door version. And then the convertible because, you know, people like to have four people in a, in a convertible. There was that. But then the SUV, because SUV sales is where it's at. But now the super fast SUV, it went from super fast performance cars, sports cars, to SUVs. But everybody didn't want to give up the sports car angle. And you guys have joined in the fray because people want their SUVs, but they also want to have performance with it, right? So, so who's going who's gonna to be the buyer for this? Well, you know, I think it, it's still that that Maserati buyer that we've had for years that wants to be uh, distinctive, wants something different, uh, wants functionality, but wants the, the balance of the total package. And you know, when we, when we launched Levante, it wasn't just about being another SUV. It was really about being the Maserati of SUVs. And it had, uh, you know, a best coefficient of drag, extremely low center of gravity, a perfect 50-50 weight balance. It wasn't uh, just another cumbersome uh, SUV utility vehicle on the road. It truly is a uh, a Gran Turismo type vehicle that is just as uh, comfortable with high speeds and comfort on the highway as it is off road. And it's uh, you know adaptive uh, air suspension. It has uh, skyhook damping suspension. I mean, it is a driver's car. And I think uh, the Trofeo is just the next evolution of that. I have this idea, uh, Matt, that I'd like to uh, pick up my Maserati at the uh, factory in Italy and drive it as far as I can, probably to Germany, and then have it shipped. But that, that's, my, that's my plan when I pick up my Maserati is drive it to, uh, as far as I can in Europe to then have it shipped back to the United States. Uh, thanks for joining us. So hopefully uh, there's a lot more news coming out of Maserati over the next few weeks or so. And uh, when will we hear about pricing for the vehicle? Uh, look for pricing in the middle of the summer. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our auto expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Well, thanks for listening to our auto expert this week. I'm Nick Miles with the whole crew in the studio. Uh, We wanted to let you guys know that if you're into cars and into car news, whether they be electric, diesel, trucks, SUVs, automotive news, factory news, uh, cool racing news, we have a whole slew of everything available 24-7 on our websites. You can get us online, on the air, or uh, on the websites right here at OurAutoExpert.com. We have all the latest car reviews in video format. You can see our long-form shows as well as read some of the latest car and uh, bike reviews at OurAutoExpert.com. Plus, here's some really cool stuff. You can now follow hashtags on Instagram. Of course, we have all the social media accounts, but hashtag OurAutoExpert. And there you can read more about what's going on in the automotive industry and also find out what the latest models are by following hashtags on Instagram. And you can also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and the Twitters because we constantly retweet all the latest news and sometimes even file breaking news stories. We'll be back next week. Stay connected. Stay informed. This is Como News.